I'm excited about this because we're going to be focusing on those whom the Lord loves but has lost. Those who are lost, we're going to bring them home. I'm excited about this for you and me because there isn't one of us that hasn't got at least one area of our life that needs to be transformed. True? True? So that's where we're at. The theme verse, the theme verse, let me just get my notes out. For our entire series today is Romans chapter 12 verse 2. Could you turn to that please? Romans chapter 12 verse 2. I'm telling you to turn because it's not in your notes. Romans chapter 12 verse 2. And everybody should know it. If you don't know it, just mumble with us. You look intelligent. Is this loud enough at the back? Can you hear me? Everybody clear? All right. Good, good, good. Okay. Let's begin. Shall we read? I don't have that version. You're going to have to read. One, two, three. No, 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 no. Happily. One, two, three. Stop, stop. That's it. That's it. Now let's do that again. One more time from the top. One, two, three. Great. That's it. That's what this whole 50 days is going to be about. Do not conform. Do not be conformed to this world and the patterns of this world, but be transformed be transformed so you're here in the middle you're here in the middle this is where you are look at me you're over here you have two options either you'll conform backwards you'll conform to the ways of this world you'll conform to the world itself or you'll be transformed you are not being transformed from having conformed to the world you are here and you have two options either you can conform or you can transform it's a decision it's a choice it's yours it's a choice, a decision, and it's yours. And God wants us to be non-conformist. That's why he says, do not conform. Do not conform. There are two directions you can go in. Either you can conform to something or you could be transformed. Why? Because you are here and you are unique and you are original. There is nobody like you on earth. Say praise the Lord. <laughs> there is nobody like you on earth. You, you have your voice print. You have your... You have your fingerprint. You have your DNA. There is nobody like you on earth. Think about this. God created you. God created you unique. God created you to be you and nothing else and no one else. Okay? Are you with me? That's the starting point. From there, he wants you to become like Christ. So that's the direction he wants you to go. From who you are originally to becoming like Christ. But what happens is, as we go through life, we get taught, informed, nurtured by the surroundings. We're a victim of our circumstances. We're a product of our climate around us, of our, of our surroundings. And we are under so much pressure to be somebody else that in the final compilation we become cloned man likes to clone everybody he likes to clothe everybody the same man likes to make everybody sound the same act act the same he moves in that direction god wants you to be unique he wants man wants you to conform do not be conformed do not be conformed to this world but from your unique state of who you are become transformed to become like the lord jesus christ so there is only one, or two, one of two directions you could go in. You could go in the direction of being conformed or you could go in the direction of being transformed. And the choice is yours. 
The choice is yours. And that's what we are going to talk about seven areas of your life, seven areas. And you're not going to be changing in every area, but there's got to be something somewhere you're saying, I want to set some goals. I want to make some changes. I want to see something happen in my life. We're going to talk about our spiritual health. We're going to talk about our physical health. We're going to talk about our mental health. We're going to talk about our emotional health, relational health, financial health, and vocational health. How are you doing? Don't answer me. How are you doing? And when there's balance in all of that and everything's going well, that's when you say, I'm doing okay. When your relational health is bad, what does it affect? Your vocational health, it affects your mental health. When your mental health is not okay, it affects your other health, you know? So something or the other always bothers something else. And we're saying we want God to come in and transform, change us to be more like the Lord Jesus Christ. While we are being blessed with this, we want to bring others to find the transforming power of God in their own life. Starting with these areas, they will move to Christ. Got it? Starting with these areas, they'll move to Christ. We don't start with your sin. We start with Christ's righteousness. In this church, that's what we do. In this church, we don't start with your sin. We start with Christ's righteousness. Because when you look at the light of Jesus, you will recognize the darkness of your own soul. So I don't need to tell you the darkness of your own soul. I only, only point you to the light of Christ. And I will exalt Christ and we preach Christ crucified. A gospel, a gospel, stumbling block to some, but a stepping stone for others. Are you with me so far? So you can go through life in all these areas, either by default or by design. By default or by design. You can slide down the way everybody wants you to go. Or you could ask God, what have you called me to do? How do you want me to live? What is the design for my life? And you can move in that direction. I want to begin today as the introduction to the 50-day campaign about goals, about goal setting. Because we're going to start next week technically. But we want to set some goals for ourselves during this time. Are you with me? Are you with me? We want to set some goals for ourselves. Without goal setting, we are without purpose. Without goal setting, we are without So let's first talk about that. Why are goals important to changing life? Today is an easy, relaxed, quick introduction. There's nothing heavy or, or anything about it. But as we move forward, we want to take every area of this life, set some goals and see God move in our life. All right. Why are goals important to changing my life? I'm going to fly through this. Number one. Goal setting is a spiritual responsibility. Goal setting is a spiritual responsibility. Paul says, I know that I am not yet God, what God wants me to be. Smart guy. I know what, that I am not yet what God wants me to be. I haven't reached, you see that? I haven't reached that goal. Underline that goal. I haven't reached that goal, but... I keep moving toward it to make it mine. Why? Because Christ made me and saved me for this. Okay? I know that I haven't yet reached my goal. Underline my goal. Because he says in verse, uh, in the previous verse, he says, but I keep moving toward it to make it mine. So that goal has become my goal. My goal. Okay. Forgetting the past. Oh man, the past. If we could just go back there. We could write a book. Everything. All of these areas. We could write a book. It's just the past. Forgetting the past. Straining to, toward what is ahead. I keep my eyes focused on. Uh-uh. The goal. The goal. This is focus. 
This is focus. Not any goal, not all the goals, the goal, okay? I keep my eyes focused on the goal. Why? So that I may one day win the prize that God has called me to receive through Christ in the life above, in life in heaven. All of you who are spiritually mature, you're going to think the same way. You're going to think the same way. Number one, goal setting is a spiritual responsibility. You are not called to be drifters. You're not called to just happen. You're not called to go through life hoping that the Holy Spirit is doing something in your heart and then suddenly one day, ta-da, you're Jesus. It doesn't work like that. God wants you to set goals. God wants you to see some active, intentional changes so that people will say, you're conforming to the world? No, you're becoming more like Jesus. Are you conforming to the world? You're becoming more like Jesus. You know what? In your professional life, you've become a lot more like Christ in, your, in the way you deal with your employees. You know what? In your marriage, etc., etc., in your finances, the way you give, the way you're generous, you're, and you'll see Jesus in you. They'll see Jesus in you. Number one, goal setting is a spiritual responsibility. You got to do it. Number two, goals are statements of faith. Goals are statements of faith. Why? Why? Matthew chapter 9, 29 says, according to your faith, will it be done for you? According to your faith, will it be done? done for you. Goals are statements of faith. Look at me. Why are goals statements of faith? Because when you set a goal, you're saying, Lord, I'm believing you. I'm believing you to get me to this end, to help me do this, to accomplish this. I'm believing you to do that. What is belief? Faith. What is faith? Faith is trusting God, depending on God to come in and be the wind under your wings, to be your source, to be your strength, your enablement. You're, you're teaming up with God for a goal in your life. It's a different state. It is a different goal. A goal, a spiritual goal is a faith statement because you're saying, I can't do this without God. I want the God to be at the end of this. I want God to get the glory from this. I'm going to do this with his strength. I can't do it on my own. Goals are statements of faith. And the most amazing thing is you're taking risks. When you make a spiritual goal, you're taking risks. And when you take risks, you're exercising faith. And when you exercise faith, you please God. When you please God, he moves heaven and earth and angels to get behind you. It's as simple as that. Another amazing thing about goals being statements of faith is simply this. You're getting to decide how much you want God to bless you. You're getting to decide how much you want God. You can decide right now how much you want God to bless you. How much do you want God to bless you? Trust him that much. You trust him for more. Faith pleases him. He blesses you. You trust him for more. Play faith. Why? Because the more you're trusting him, the more he is, the more quotient, the more ratio, the more percentage is him in your life, his strength in your life. The more you're accomplishing it with him and the more there is for him to be glorified. He's pleased with that. He then gives you greater success. Okay, goals are statements of faith. Goals focus my energy. Goals focus my energy. When you're trying too many things, the energy leaks in all different directions. You're trying to please everybody. You're trying to meet every need. You can't do that. Goals are clear. Goals focus my energy. Do not run without a goal. I fight like a boxer who is hitting something, not just air. I'm hitting something. Okay, number four. Goals keep me going. That's a motivational issue. Goals keep me going. Job says, Job says, I do not have strength to endure. I do not have a goal that encourages me to carry on. I feel hopeless. I feel uh, directionless. I feel like I'm just drifting. I don't see hope in my life. I don't know where I'm going with this. I need a goal. 
Goal gets me up in the morning. Goals kick, a goal kicks me in the rear end and gets me up and going. A goal tells me what I'm living for. A goal tells me what my day is about. Goals keep me going. Number five, goals build my character. Goals build my character. Paul says, I keep striving toward the goal. I keep striving toward the goal. When you set a spiritual goal, everything carnal, everything that is against God, everything that is physical, everything that slows you down, tangles you up, you're going to let go. You're going to let go. So you're going to take off the things in your life, the relationships, the priorities. You're going to start untangling the things that are slowing you down because you're focused. You're on the job. You're making uh, this week about that goal. You're making this month about that goal. And you're going for it. Therefore, you will, will clean up your character because you don't want anything to stop your way. And lastly, number six, good goals will be rewarded. Good goals will be rewarded. If your goals are good, Proverbs says, you will be respected. <laughs> People always like men or women with great vision. When they've got big goals, they are always respected. They are cynicized also. They are criticized also. But they are always respected because they know they're going somewhere. They know that kind of goal, you're going to have to pay a price to make that goal. You're going to have to, you know, uh, spend, a, spend a few less hours of sleep to meet that goal. You know you're paying for that. You're, you're, you're working for that harder than anybody else. You're not drifting when you have big goals. Big goals tells you you've got a big God. All athletes practice strict self-control. They do, to do it to win a prize that will fade away, Paul says. These guys are so strict. They are strict about their diet, they're strict about their regime, they're strict about their, their, their uh, social life. They are so uh, you know, clear about what they want to get done or what they don't want to get done. And all of it for a price that will fade away. All for it a cup that will next year go to somebody else. For a podium that will re be replaced by somebody else next year. And they do that work that hard. And you and I, what does it say? But we do it for an eternal price. We do it for an eternal price. Even more should we be clear, should we be focused, should we be energized, should we be, uh, 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 have faith and of course work hard, work hard. So that's your six reasons why goals are important in changing your life. Six reasons why goals are important in changing your life. So what are you going to do? 50 days. 50 days. Yes, this is about many others and God is going to bring many others. Don't worry about that. But you're here today and God is speaking to you. What are you going to do? What are you going to set as a goal? Let's begin with asking three questions. What kind of goals does God bless? Because you don't want to set a goal that God doesn't. Bless. Then was a whole. What is the point? We are no different to anybody else with all their positive energy and positive uh, feedback and all that. We are here to lean on God. We are here to to test God. We are here in a good way. We are here to show off God's strength or what He can do through people who are completely committed. So, what kind of goals does God bless? I want to go to forty. What kind of goals does God bless? Three questions to ask. Number one, will it honor God? Will it honor God? Keep your goal in mind. You don't know what the goal is yet, but you're questioning your goal and you're asking three questions. Will it honor God? Now that's a question about who. 
that's a question of who who's going to be at the center of your life who's going to get the glory of your life who's going to be the the source of your life who's going to take the throne in your life who's going to be the kingpin who's going to get the glory of your life will it honor god if it's a goal that is not going to honor god it's going to honor me then god's not going to bless it god paid a great price for you so use your body to do what honor god double underline that when you eat or drink or do anything always do it to the glory of god to honor god in one in second corinthians paul says we make it our goal to please him to honor him so when you set a goal ask yourself is this goal going to honor god is god going to look good at the end is this going to be is this going to place god front and center or is it going to place me front and center are people going to say wow this is what god did in his life or is it wow what a fantastic guy look how he can walk backwards okay number 1 will it honor god it answers the who question who will be at the center of your life who will get the glory number 2 is it motivated by love is it motivated by love don't think much love think the cross think the cross is it motivated by love everything you do must be done with love 1 corinthians 16 let love be your highest goal 1 corinthians 14 why why love why should i why should i be motivated by love well love is the cross love is sacrifice the opposite of sacrifice is selfish so i ask myself is this goal that i'm setting a selfish goal or is it a sacrificial goal it answers the question why am i doing this first question was who will get the glory second question is why am i doing this why am i setting this goal is it motivated by love love says i exist for others love says i want to be better a husband a better a wife better a father better a son i want to be a better person for others i want to be a fitter person for others a more alert person for others so when you set your goals with others in mind set your goals you can explain away just about any uh, personal goal and selfish goal and you can somehow go round and round and self i'm doing it for others yeah so that they i'm not so shocking on the eyes or something like that i don't know you could explain away but you've got to be honest about this is it motivated by love because love fulfills the law love fulfills the law uh, later on in romans we'll be studying uh, that love is what is going to determine that you fulfill the law should you fulfill the law yes you should fulfill the law uh, paul says by all means we are not throwing out the law then do we still need to follow the law yes you need to follow the law but he takes the law and he shelves it and he says if you do if you live by love you will automatically fulfill the law because love fulfills the law so when you live by love you are actually living a very disciplined and obedient life you see that a law fulfilled life you're not living a mushy rational just just you know all emotional life we're not talking about uh, human love we're not talking about romantic love we're talking about christ love is your goal a loving goal is it a loving motivated goal answers the question why number 3 will it require depending on god will it require depending on god one of the goals i have in my physical life is i want to be able to cross my legs I'll be honest I can't cross my legs. And there's a good reason for that. And I want to work towards it. But I don't need to depend on God for that. I can do that on my own. 
One of my goals is to plant 1,000 churches in NCR in my lifetime. Not one church of 1,000 people, but 1,000 churches of 100 people in the NCR in my lifetime. Can I do it? No. All of you look at me and say, no, Jerry, you can't do it. But with a goal like that, God is going to move heaven and earth. He's going to send angels. He's going to send people. He's going to send resources. He's going to send, he's going to send answers to prayer. He's going to open doors. He's going to... I didn't ask for this place. I'm standing here in the boardroom in this green park. I didn't ask for this place. I didn't ask for it. I didn't even ask for it. I'm sitting in my, in my front room. I'm talking to my own family, my extended family. And uh, one of them came to do a, a, a devotional here. Somebody said to somebody, oh, the, by the way, the place is available. If only a church needs it on a Sunday morning. He said, I said, really? Did they say that? I got up out of my chair. By the time they finished that sentence, I picked up the phone, called the person. and I said, you said this to this one. He says, yes, it's true. Do you want it? I said, I want it. I did not know where the money is going to come from. I did not know how, it was, how we were going to. I did not even see the place. I did not know what was available. And I said, I said, I just, I want it. You want to take it? Yes. Every morning, every morning. We're going to do it. I take the place. I make the deal. I come and I talk and I take the deal. I don't know where the money is going to come from. So we got one small church trying to pay rent in their own place. Where's the rent going to come for this place? I come here and find out all three rooms are available to us. And extended hospitality. She was even here this morning to make sure that we were okay. She came here, checked on everything to make sure that we were okay. We're a little flexible, sitting around the board table is weird, but it's here and we're comfortable. And God, God opened the door. God brought it to me. God brought it to me. The CEO of the organization uh, wasn't there. He wasn't available at the time. But afterwards I met him. The next Sunday he came for one of the services and he opened this, this church. He, he inaugurated this church. And he said to me, I was there for your first inauguration of the first service, of the first uh, chapel. And you said, the very first thing you got up and said is, we're going to plant another church by August. And he said, I said in my heart and I prayed, I hope that that's in Green Park. But he didn't tell me. He didn't tell me. He didn't talk to me about it. And then when uh, Sister Anu Emmanuel went and told him that uh, Pastor Jeremy is here and then he's doing the church, he says, that's exactly what I asked God for. God is at work. I just said, let's do 1,000 churches. That's all I said. 1,000 churches are 100 people everywhere, so 100 people like each other. You know, 100 people. 200 people ignore each other. <laughs> and after 300 people, they just don't care. They don't care. So God very clearly said, not a big church, Many small churches. One church, but in many, many places. It's a God-given goal. Cross your legs, you do that on your own. <laughs> Thousand churches, God says, I'm with you. I'm with you. Not just because it's a church thing, but because it's a goal that you can't do without me. It pleases me that you want to live your life maximizing on my strength rather than yours. You and your entire church know that you can't do it. And when it happens, they will know that I did it. That's my faith. That's a goal that is set on faith. That's a goal that pleases God. And I didn't get it from me. That too came from the Lord. Is it motivated by love? Will it require depending on God? We plan the way we want to live. Oh, we have big plans. But only God makes us able to live it. He makes us able to live it. I love that. I love that version. 
It's the message version of Proverbs chapter 16 verse 9. So, you're going to set goals. You're going to ask three questions of the goals. And you're going to prayerfully commit these goals to the Lord. And by, by His power and by His grace, you will fulfill those goals. Some in 50 days, some in the next six months, some in the next few years. But you will fulfill and God's blessing is on you. He has called you to bless you. He has called you to bless you. He, before the foundations of the earth, he decided to bless you. He decided that if there's anything that's going to come between you and him to stop his blessing you, he will remove it. He will remove it. He will send his son. He will pay the price. He will set up a mercy seat so that the blood can be sprinkled and he will remove it. He decided to, before the foundations of the earth that where there is the law in that, in that Ark of the Covenant, where there's the law, on top of that, there will be a mercy seat. Oh, I'll never forget that. Did you get that? There's the, there's the Ark of the Covenant. In the Ark of the Covenant is Aaron's rod and the law. And where there's the law on top of that, trumping that, in any given circumstance, if that were violated, the mercy seat. The mercy seat. And around the mercy seat, a high priest that has sat down. You know that? He has sat down. Every other high priest had to go in and out every year. But our high priest, he went in, sprinkled his blood and sat down. Job done. Job done. Hallelujah. So, God wants to bless you so you can be sure about the fact that you're going to win. So set goals with excitement. Set goals with faith. Set goals that are realistic. Don't set too many goals. Otherwise, you'll get lose focus. Okay, you'll get paralyzed. And then you'll feel condemned. Set one or two goals and do it. Uh, you need three things. Number one, I need God's spirit to empower me. I need God's spirit to empower. You will not succeed by your own strength or power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Okay, number two, you need God's word to guide me. You need God's word to guide me. In the very area of your goal setting, you need God's word. You will not, uh, what does it say? Keep, the work, keep this book of the law on your lips, recite it day and night, that you may carefully follow all that is written. Then, then you will have, you will successfully attain your goal. You will successfully attain your goal. There you have it, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. One more thing you need. You need God's people to support you. I need God's people to support me. That's a tough one. You don't want God's people to support you, but you need God's people to support you. You want to do it on your own. You don't want people to know your goals. So if you fail quietly, quietly, you can just carry on. No, I, I didn't even know. I didn't. No, you, you don't want people. You want to do it on your own. I want to do it on my own, but we need God's people. That's why we have small groups. So on your way out, we want to get everybody into a small group. There's amazing material that's going to be during the week on video with material. You're going to get a journal that will help you throughout the week, throughout every day. You'll have a little bit to, to feed on every day so that from every possible angle, Sunday morning, through the video, through the group, through the encouragement, through the new WhatsApp groups that you make, through whatever, you will win. You will win. I don't expect you to be excited right now because you're standing at the bottom of a, of a mountain, at the foot of a mountain looking up. That's not the time anybody gets excited. You just look at the, the immensity and the, the ginormity of the mountain. You're thinking, oh, how am I going to do this? I'm just going to roll back. I'm going to get halfway and it's not going to happen. So many times I've failed. So many times. No, no, no. No, when you get to the top, we'll celebrate together. Legs crossed. 